Amen. You can find a seat quick. Hey, as you're finding your seat, can you just give me help in cheering on our worship team for helping us tonight? Hey, this guy right here on the bass, did you, does it look like we're, we're related? This is my little brother, Ian. He's littler than me. No, he doesn't. Stop. He's, he's not older than me. He's actually like five years younger than me. Six years younger than me, he says. But hey, it's fun to have him join us today, and it's fun to have Cammie up here sometimes. She has to come right from work, but she loves to be here singing with us, so I know that they appreciate um, you guys saying things to them sometimes. All right, so I got the clicker, guys. Don't worry. We're going to jump into our Jersey Night sermon, and it's a little bit different from uh, I mean, not really different, but it's not within our relationship series. So next week, we're going to have our last sermon in the relationship series. And then this week is uh, it's an in-between because we have some friends with us here tonight that haven't been here for the relationship series. We want to allow them to feel like they're in the loop. And I, if I refer back to what we talked about last week, it's not going to be very helpful for them. So we're talking about some good stuff tonight. And the first question I want to ask you on Jersey night, I did, how, who all got their jerseys on? Most everybody? We'll count it. We'll count it. So most everyone's got their jersey. I feel like there's a lot of Vikings fans here, and I don't know if I like it. I, was, I mean, after the way that they lost, you guys actually still wear the jerseys. That's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm really hoping the Chiefs take the Super Bowl once again. You can hate me for it. It's okay. I do like the Minnesota Twins, and I would much prefer to watch hockey or football than baseball, but going to the ballpark is a lot of fun. And I'm glad that you guys came out to Jersey Night. I'm glad you participated, but I have this question for you. Are you on the team? Yeah? Hey. Oh, she's got a Chiefs jersey, but it's not the same team, but yeah. Are you on the team? What, what do I mean by that? Well, pretty simple. And straightforward. Are you on Team Jesus? Are you like sold out and ready to chase after Jesus to have a desperate heart? It's a simple yes or no question. We, I'm here I go referring to last week. One of the things I said last week to our senior high is that we make things really complicated. And we can even make um, religion and relationship with Jesus really complicated when in reality it, it's really a simple answer. Either we're on Team Jesus. We're not there yet, but we can be. Tonight, tomorrow, right now, you can make a decision to be on Team Jesus, and in doing so, just walk out what it means to have a desperate heart for him, a desperate heart for the people around you, and a love for each other that can't be experienced outside of him. Second question, if we're on the team, what's our game plan? Anybody know what our game plan is? That's a good, yeah, yeah. That's part of the game plan for sure. There's one specific time that, that Jesus gave a really, really specific commandment. Anybody know what that really specific commandment is? It's the game plan for Christianity, for the church, for Christians. 
Love on everybody. You're close. I'll jump right to it. Here we, here's the game plan. I mean, you're not wrong, but this is the game plan I'm referring to. Oh, we lost it. What happened? Mm. We lost it, lost it. All right. Let's look in our Bibles. It's back? It's back there. It's just not up here. Let's look in our Bibles to Matthew. This is the important part about bringing your Bibles. Sometimes the screens fail us. Don't use screens, guys. It's not worth it. Here we are. Matthew. We're going all the way to the end of the book in Matthew 28. It's pretty, it's right in the back of Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Ready? Here we go. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, the part that I want to point out to you there is the game plan that Jesus gave us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and then baptizing them and teaching them about his commandments, the things that he has taught them to do, or things that he taught us to do, right? Now, in, in practice, we read this. It says, go into all nations. What's the first thing that we think of when we read that? If you grew up in church for any amount of time, the first thing you might think of is, is a missions or like a missionary or like going on a missions trip. You might think of jumping on a plane and going overseas or jumping on a plane and, and joining us in Hawaii for the mission trip this summer. And that's absolutely what Jesus meant. But what he meant all the more was to go into our everyday lives and share Jesus with the people around us. So when we talk about and have been talking about all fall, for those of you who are joining us as guests, one of the things that we've been talking about all fall is how can we be like Jesus to everybody around us? How can we show them um, love? How can we show them compassion? How can we show them hospitality? And just be a great friend to the people around us. Now, on top of that, we can actually share Jesus with people. We can share the gospel with them. We can follow this commandment and um, help people learn how to read their Bibles. We can encourage them to come to church. But one of the things that I love about this verse right here is that it's a little bit deeper than we allow it to be sometimes. If you go into the Bible, you know English isn't the original language. The original language would have been um, Hebrew or um, the language of the day, right? So Hebrew was, was the majority of the Bible. And then some other parts were written in some different languages, and it went to Greek, and it went to Latin, and all these different translations. And then we got to English, and now everyone in the U.S. anyways likes to speak English, right? But there's a part that's missed in here. And a lot of people would say that where it says, go into all the world, it says, as you go, or as you live, or as you, just in all you do, would you bring the gospel to the people around you? Would you bring Jesus with you? So for example, in my everyday life, maybe I'm going to Aldi, and I'm walking up, I've got 
the quarter ready. I'm going to put it in the slot. Someone hands me a quarter, and they're like, hey, or just take mine. You know, you play the quarter game at Aldi. If you've ever tried to get a cart there, you'd kind of, sometimes people give you a quarter. Now, one thing I do at Aldi makes it kind of awkward is sometimes I'll use a key because I don't have a quarter. I'll put my key in the slot and then I get the card and I'll be able to go with the key. And then someone tries to hand me a quarter and I'm like, ah, I can't, that's my key. <laughs> and then they're all confused and I stop and I just explain to them, oh yeah, I tried it out with the key and it works really good for when you don't have a quarter. But it's an opportunity to have a conversation with someone instead of just being like, oh yeah, no, I'm sorry, I don't want your quarter. See ya. It's an opportunity to be loved to them, to be open and honest and willing to just smile at someone. So when Jesus says, go into, um, therefore go into all the nations and make disciples, maybe part of that responsibility, as much as it is to go into all the world and make disciples, maybe part of that responsibility is just to like live as, as we're going into our daily lives, as we're going into our schools, into our homes, to just be Jesus to the people around us. Now there was um, two Two main um, commandments. Obviously, he said to love, love your Lord your God, and then to go and love other people. But part of our game plan and part of the thing that's really important for us is understanding why we're here. Something that's really difficult in um, our generation, your generation. Something that people often struggle with is what is their purpose and what is your what is what is your calling? What are you supposed to do on the earth? And say, so, yeah, you could just go be Jesus to everyone and uh, try to figure out what job makes you happy and do a good job in school, have some good friends. And that's important, absolutely. But let me propose this to you. You are really here because your life has such a huge impact on the people around you. So yeah. You're here and you're going to deal with circumstances and things will make you feel like you're not worthy or you're not enough or maybe you're just not the cool kid or you don't have the right friends or all these different things that come against you. But what if our perspective shifted a little bit and we realized that the reason why um, God allowed us to experience some of those things is because of the people that it brought us around. Maybe, maybe the reason why um, school doesn't come as easy to you is because you can be a really good friend to the people that are experiencing that same thing. Maybe the reason why you're really good at sports is because you can be an example to the other athletes that don't know Jesus. So what if we're here and it's not really about what my purpose is, what my calling is, but instead what God wants for me? What if we're in the world for the sake of the world? Because Jesus said that we're to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Meaning that when we're in the world, obviously born into it, you live in it, we're in culture, we're not hermits in the middle of nowhere, right? But we're not to, to partake in like all of the crap that culture throws at us. So maybe that's the entertainment that we participate in or don't. Maybe that's the things that we choose to say or don't say. Right, those things matter. You already know this. We've we've talked about this, and even if we haven't talked about this yet, and you don't know it, um, I'm sure that at somewhere in your being, you know that there's right things and wrong things, and you know which ones you should be choosing, right? But we have to realize that our purpose isn't just what we can accomplish. 
on the earth here, but instead our purpose can be so much greater than that. It can be what God can accomplish through us. So if you're, if you're in the room and you're wondering, what's my purpose? How does this work? What do I do? I want to just challenge you with this. Being open to God really doesn't mean that you need to go across the country. It doesn't mean that you need to step into the nations. It doesn't mean that you need to commit your life to being a missionary. But it really does mean that you need to be open and willing to go across the street. It really does mean that you need to be open and willing to, to cross the hall, to go from your locker to your friend's locker, to cross the classroom and sit by the person in the back that doesn't ever talk to anyone. If we're really going to be Jesus to the people around us, we have to be willing to step into uncomfortable and awkward situations. So, when it comes to this idea that we were just singing about of having a desperate heart, of being, being open and willing and just putting everything that we are at the feet of Jesus, how can we... How can we do that, like, right now? How can we do that in our small groups that we're going to meet with in just a minute? How can, we, how can we do that during worship, during prayer? How can we lean in and experience what God has for us in those moments so that we can show up for other people? Maybe you're sitting next to someone right now and you're just thinking, wow, I know they had a really tough day or maybe there's some way that I could encourage them. But it's, you just don't know how to start the conversation or it feels really awkward, right? If that's the case, then what if, what if you just leaned into it a little bit? What if you were open to go across the street, across the hall, whatever that might look like to you? I love the idea of missions trips and, and going across the country, of even school trips and being able to just be shaken out of your, um, your normal comfort zone, right? But a big part of going on a trip like that, whether it be across the country or just like to the next state over to encourage people, or there's all, there's all kinds of reasons you might take a trip, even just a vacation, right? big part of that is because it, it changes the way that we view the world around us when we come back, right? Let's take a vacation, for example. Your parents are going to take you somewhere for a spring break, right? The best part about going somewhere for a spring break, instead of just staying home and hanging out and watching Netflix, is that you get to change your, your surroundings, and thus you come back with, like, a new mind, right? You come back all refreshed and, like, ready to go and battle the next day. But... Here's the amazing thing about the God that we, that we get to encounter every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, every day in between, is that he's ready to refresh our minds and give us clear vision into our lives at any point. We just have to be willing to surrender who we are and live with a desperate heart before him. Oh, look, there it is. I'm super happy. Now you can see that, and it doesn't just have to be me saying it.
Being open to God doesn't mean you need to go across the country, but it does mean you need to go across the street. Jesus can show up right where we're at. We don't have to go across the country. We don't have to dive into a different culture. We don't have to look forward to studying abroad or being able to travel when we're out of high school. He can show up right where we're at, and he did in the Bible so many times. In the book of Acts, we read in Soap a while back, the first two verses is all about God showing up right where they were at. The disciples gathered in a room, and they were praying, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just showed up and changed them. He changed their mindset. He changed the way that they looked at the world around them. And then Jesus said to them to just go, not across the earth, but into their towns, into the villages, into the places that were just right in their proximity, and to share the truth and the knowledge and the things that Jesus had shared with them. So as you learn things on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday morning, when you're reading in your Bible, how often do you, do you turn into a friend at school and say, like, hey, I, I heard about this at church. What do you think? How often do you pray for your friends? How often do you try to do it in your circles around you instead of just thinking about the places that are far away? So, kind of going back to that, that song that I was just talking about, if we really want to be set apart, if we really want to have a desperate heart, if we want to be willing and ready to respond to the call, of, the call of God on our lives, then we need to be ready to do it in every moment. In every moment we have, right? We need to be re- willing and ready to do that tonight, tomorrow, when you get home, before you go to bed. But so much more to that, I want to go back um, in my slides here that I can now. Let's go back to this one just for a second. We keep talking about like how you can, you can dive deeper and you can wake up to a new reality and you can trust the Holy Spirit in your life and all those different things, right? But let's just step back to this part really quick for a second. Are you on the team? Now, I don't want you to feel anxious or, well, those kids are having fun, dude. I don't want you to feel anxious or full of shame or nervous in any way when I ask if you're on the team. And maybe you're not sure whether or not you're on the team. But what I do want you to feel, at least from me and I know from your small group leaders, hopefully from all of the other kids here, I really trust that they want to offer you an invitation to join the team. We want everyone in this room to be on board with this idea of chasing after Jesus because if we're all on board with this idea, if we're all sitting in unity, if we're all agreeing that we want to have desperate hearts, we want to do things for God, we want to encounter him, to be loved to those around us, then we can do so much more than just one person on our own. Let me give you an example. Okay, I, over the summer, I, I had to build a chicken coop. Terrible idea. Didn't want to build it. Took me forever. I did the whole thing by myself. 
Guess how many months it took me to accomplish. Three months, all three months. I started in June and finished the chicken coop. Actually, moved the chickens coop in or the chickens in in August. Jessica, is the chicken coop done yet? No, the chickens are in it, but it's still not done. Ryan, Herman, how long would the chicken coop have taken if I would have just called you and had you come help me? Four days. Ryan, how long would it have taken if we would have grabbed, you know, Chad or Brock and brought him with us? <laughs> Two days. Right? If we're going to actually be Jesus to the people around us, how much more can we be Jesus when we take others with us? Way more. It's not as big of a challenge to walk up to a friend and offer to pray for them when they're struggling or to share Jesus with them or to invite them to come to church if you do it as a group, if you do it together. Let's look at youth. Let's look at church. Let's look at our small groups, at our schools, and let's identify the people that are on our team that want to see the same things accomplished. What are those things? That's our game plan, right? And it's two big things. We want to love Jesus really well by loving other people. And we just want to share the things that we've learned about him. Right? So as we go into small groups tonight, I want to, you're going to talk about a few different questions, but I really want you to think about how you can be, how you can be Jesus where you're at how you can jump onto the team and really chase after who he is. Really chase after what he has for you, what his plans for you are right now in this season of your life, at your school, in your home. But before we do that, I want you to have the opportunity to join the team. I'm inviting you on the team. If, you're, if you don't feel like you're on the team yet and you want to be on the team, we want you on that team. I keep saying team. I want you to join the Minnesota Twins for Jesus. Okay? Did you say sign me up? Who said that? Jasper did, of course. <laughs> but hey, you have an opportunity to join the team. It's an invitation. An invitation into community, into life. Are you ready to, to jump into that? Yeah? Yeah? Not to make it super blunt and, and awkward and weird and just say like, hey, come join the team. But sometimes when we talk about this, especially um, when youth pastors or conferences, they talk about it, everyone close your eyes, you know, and then you just raise your hand if you want to join the team. Maybe you've experienced that or you know about it. Tonight I want to do it a little bit different. If you want to join the team, I want to challenge you to just just stand up where you're at. Maybe you're on the team already. Maybe you want to join the team. Yeah, just stand up. You want to join the team for Jesus. You want to bring Jesus to your schools, to the people around you. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you want to do it again and join the team in a new way. Got to stay standing. You can do it. Don't feel weird about it. It's super cool. I'm standing too. I'll jump down here so I'm not up above you. But when you join that team, then here, here's a great example. 
these guys want to join the team. Jasper and Bennett want to join the team. And Chris. Chris, you're joining the team. If you want to bring Jesus to your school in a new way, you want to bring Jesus to your community, to your home in a new way, then just stand up. I'll give you one more chance. I mean, there's more chances, but. Look at you guys. Way to go. Now, for those of us on the team, how do we welcome these new members onto our team? Yeah! You see these people around you that are standing up that have joined the team? It's your opportunity to be what we've been talking about all year long. It's your opportunity to be like, hey, you joined the team. What's it like for you to follow Jesus? How can I help you do that? You guys can sit back down. So we're going to go to small groups in like two seconds. But all of you upperclassmen, you seniors and juniors and sophomores, identify one student that's younger than you that stood up and talk to them tonight. One student. Really simple, okay? Ask them what it means for them to join the team. Welcome them onto that team. I think sometimes we make this super complex, complicated. It doesn't need to be complicated, guys. It's really simple. We want to chase after Jesus together. If we're going to do that, then we have to support each other. We have to be honest with each other. We have to talk to each other. We have to encourage each other. And we have to do it together if we're actually going to do it quickly. Sound good? All right, guys. Let's go into small group. I'm going to pray really quick. Father God, we thank you for um, just the opportunity that we have to come into your presence and chase after you. I ask today, God, that as we... As we go into small groups, that you would be with us, that you'd guide us, and that you'd give us um, opportunities for great conversation to learn what it means to chase after you even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, you head into small groups, and then don't forget, we've got an after party in this room at 815.